Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. All three of us back together again in Kamas' place, and we are joined by somebody who we've been meaning to have on the podcast for years. Year one. And this, this is year years. four already. Four. We're approaching the beginning of year four. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> He's gone through three jobs since we started the podcast, since we all became friends. And what, how many dogs? Three. Wow. That's right. Wow. Three. Yeah, wow. You have to go that's, there. And it's still too soon. Yeah. Sorry. That's, 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 that's harsh. That's man. Just, why would you even go there? I, why I would don't you know. do that? I mean, you, like, you, you, lo- you lost a dog. I lost as well. a dog my, uh, myself. Yeah, so why would you I even did go not there? Bring, I did not bring in a new dog, though. Come your titties. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, finally, after a very, very long lead time. MDJ, Mark De Hoya, hey. on the podcast. What's happening, jabronis? Right, uh, <laughs> well, sorry, that, that, that's the best. That's the best you got. That's the best you got. It's better than you, Camus. I know. MDJ, of course, is uh, the main man behind the Smart Henry Creatives. If you love the art and the graphics we've been putting up on the website and on the fan page. He's him. Yeah, it's all MDJ, or mostly MDJ at this point, since we have another guy helping us out with the graphics. Uh, he's also one of the guys responsible for a lot of the fun pieces you see on Smart Henry from the PWR previews to uh, Finisher Friday columns and a lot of the... The metric stuff. Yeah, the metric stuff. The best for business articles, which we've enjoyed reading and w- which we actually miss. Well, I think um, I am quite a bit of a wrestling nerd because I've decided if I can't wrestle, I might as well write about it. So happy to be here with you guys today. Happy, happy to be here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, for those who don't know, those who remember, uh, he did actually try to join me in, in the second boot camp batch. Uh, he quit after like, what, one month? Three weeks. Three, oh, I was being generous. But he did write a piece about it with his wife. Right? Yeah. I actually yeah. enjoyed reading that. Um, and they've stayed lifelong fans of PWR. Mm. Yes, so um, if you, if you see the big hulking bald guy at the PWR shows with... The giant biceps. Yes. And the always popping shirts, almost ready to tear a new Hulk. Or no, like, that's him. Or like the cutoff... Oh no, it was only MCS, the cutoff MBJ shirt. Yeah. And you actually went in a... Wow. Yeah, yeah don't did. you remember this? No, I do not. Yeah. I, I, barely, I barely remember. Because you were backstage the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Backstage the whole time working backstage. Yes, yes. Anyway, we've got a very stacked podcast with MDJ on board. He's here to help us review PWR uh, PWR Path of Gold, which took place last Sunday. Oh, yeah. And might as well, um, I guess, uh, you know, contextualize that with Bagong Yugto. Because we weren't able to have a Bagong Yugto review. So uh, you can can try to sneak that one in as well. So MDJ's actually got his plate full uh, with us tonight. So to warm him up a bit, let's talk about some stuff that happened outside the ring. So let's start off with one of the happier pieces of news we got this week. 
and that is that Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, is joining the 2017 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. So, re- uh, really quick thoughts on this. Beth Phoenix, too soon? Uh, no, no, man. Actually, it might be if you're really a stickler for those people who, you know, for, for who's going in. But to me, it's not that, that big of a deal. Uh, okay, it's nice. It's great. Beth, Beth Phoenix was a great woman wrestler. And whether it's too soon or too late, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's not too late. I mean, it's, timing it's, wise... It's never going to be too late. Cause exactly. She, she wasn't like um, a linchpin of the division in her time. Yeah, but she she performed admirably. She did... She was like Neo-China or yeah. Neo-Jazz. But, uh, and she uh, did... And, and the segments that she had were memorable. I mean, she had a spot in the Rumble. Yeah. That was yeah. nice. So, so did Karma, though. So did Karma, though. So did China, true. I guess. And she's she's done enough to warrant the Hall of Fame. And she is married to Edge. And they're okay. both in the Hall of Fame. And that's just something nice. Just something nice to say that they're right. the only married couple that are both still alive in the Hall of Fame together. So far. So far. Okay. Alright, uh, aside from Beth Phoenix entering the Hall of Fame, we've got some LOL TNA departures in the continuing <laughs> saga of the destruction of Impact Wrestling. So among the names that have been brought up are the Hardys, um, Matt and Jeff. Matt and Jeff. Yeah, Maria Canaris, uh, Mike Bennett, and Drew Galloway all set to leave or have left TNA in uh, well in the weeks since we recorded our last podcast. Uh, They already have left, and um, it's just a matter of of terrible management by TNA. And this is new management. Yeah, yeah, they they wanted to keep them for sure, and I'm sure they wanted to stay, but at the same time, like a lack of diligence is what can be blamed for this departure and now they're going to have to rebuild again no but here's my thing about that I'm not sure outside of the Hardys if, if any of the talents that left actually moved the needle for TNA in any kind of meaningful way ever since they moved to the new network they, they've been looking at numbers of roughly 250 300,000 viewers every week that's a good number but it's not the best so oh, I don't bad. see how losing uh, these talents is going to affect them in any major way and if anything it's changed the fact it's lower payroll more money they can invest on other talents not even Drew I mean Drew was a former TNA world champion well, it's moving the needle man it's, it's how much money do these guys contribute to your bottom line and the Hardys were like the saving grace of TNA last year so apart from that I have to agree with MDJ that Although Miracle Mike Bennett was amusing for a while, no one's gonna no one's gonna love him. Yeah, no one's gonna remember that. I'm sorry. Here's the question though: Are the Hardys gonna go back to WWE? And if they are, will the broken gimmick actually work under under the Vince McMahon umbrella, under Meek Mahan's well, kingdom? McMahon. Well, maybe. That's the thing. If where the trademark lies, we are not sure. At this point, but if they take if they take the broken gimmicks to WWE, my God, what a time to be alive! I don't. That's think all I can say. I don't think it's gonna fly just because it, it was so dependent on their creative, uh, their, their creative genius. Na sina Matt and Jeff lang. Like if other people just started getting involved, sumaw sao sila. It's it's not gonna be the same. It's kind of like how a lot of promos sound like they're regurgitated crap from from the writers' room. But imagine imagine if they get one appearance on WWE TV like say even, even just Wrestlemania with a broken gimmick and then everything else after is what gravy it's just gonna be something well not the rehashed Hardy Boys but something new 
Yeah, who knows, man? I, I like work. your I like your optimism, but I don't think that's slight gonna happen. Optimism. No, slight it's not optimism. even slight optimism. It's foolish optimism because that's not gonna work at all. Um, if if the if the Hardys just get a WrestleMania appearance where they get to be themselves, and then after that you just throw them by the wayside, the sinayong sila. So you know, um, eventually Jeff's gonna spiral down again, and you know, that's not really good Into for anybody. drugs. Yes, Camus. Thank you for stating the obvious. Anyway, um, let's let's get to the PWR live review. Uh, obviously, I wasn't at the show, but I know what went down. Um, big big ups, by the way, you to the smart Henry text, team. <laughs> yes, yeah, all did. the way from Taiwan. Yes, twenty five pesos tinyan. <laughs> and that was a very funny moment for me because my first thought I was I was looking at Poch in the ring. Yeah, and I was saying. What an unprofessional dude. Why is he checking his phone in the middle of the ring? <laughs> Little did I know that was a scripted part of the promo. And this is coming from a guy who used to shill smartphones. Yeah. <laughs> Whose basic office function is to shill? Smartphones, pretty much. When you boil it down to, to tenderly his... influence oh. people's minds. Tenderly influence questions. You know about, about the Huawei How? P10? Yeah, well, yeah, now I do. Thanks to this guy. <laughs> But seriously, is, that, is, is you know is watermarking all your photos were taken by Huawei uh, really tender? Did it really move the needle? It's <laughs> it was an attempt Did to it, create though? goodwill with our brothers in China. Wow. Did it work? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the hesitation. So, so PW- come on this. Come on this. So it took place last Sunday. Uh, it was a great card. Big ups to the Smart Henry team who covered the show because it was a great blow-by-blow update of what went down, especially the Path of Gold match itself, which did close the event. How does full force fade in it? My God. I think Except that was him. the first time. That was the first time that the Smart Henry team was really... I don't know. Wait, no, Bwezi was there. was not there. Bwezi was not Fucking there. Bwezi. But it was One as vacation. hands-on of a coverage as oh, yeah, that's true. as could sure, be. Sure, sure. So let's go through the card. Um, I'll, I'll have you run through with MDJ because, you know, um, you were the you one who the came guest in. reviewer. Yeah, you were the one who came in with the fans, uh, fans hat. So uh, take it away. Before I even talk about the wrestling, I want to say I think one of the biggest hooks that got people to come to the show, and I'm not even joking here, are the burritos. Damn if you guys have not tried Los Ingo burritos, they are amazing. 150 pesos for the beef variant. Pretty awesome stuff. The chicken one's not bad too. Yeah. Chicken one bad. We can turn this into a food review if you guys want. But <laughs> no, please. I thought you were going. Yeah, I thought you were going to use the tears of of you know of so Mexican food. or Mexican food. You know, go go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I've seen all of the multi-man matches that uh, PWR has ever put on. Mm-hmm. I saw the first ever Path of Gold. I saw that PHX Gauntlet match. And generally speaking, these matches tend to be. Bit of train wrecks, yes. You know, um, but that's they not a bad thing. They go on quite long. They do run quite long. I do love train wrecks, but here's the thing: more than what's actually going on in the ring, I'm a big fan of connecting the dots in terms of big picture. I like trying to step back and see what's what are the stories that they're trying to tell here. So okay. do I, my friend. So yeah, do yeah. I. We like continuity, hmm. and I think Path of Gold was a pleasant surprise because. It was a train wreck, but it was a very tight train wreck. You guys kept it to about an, an hour. hour or so, which I thought was pretty impressive for. for a well, you, you thought it was going to be 
Two hours? <laughs> well, the f- the PHX gauntlet felt like it went on for two yeah, hours. That's true. No joke. Uh, the PHX gauntlet felt like it went on for two hours. No, and 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 I get it. No, they had to tell all of these uh, little threads inside. But what I really enjoyed uh, with the Path of Gold match this year, all of these nice little pockets of storytelling that was going on. I expected it to be a train wreck. I did not expect it to be this wonderful storytelling vehicle, and that's what it ended up as. Okay? All of these nice little threads that they picked up from the past, like uh, uh, JDL and his old beef with Ralph, his face-off with Bombay Suarez. Of course, they faced in the they finals hugged. for the first uh, PWR first. championship. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, so well, getting Bombay Suarez was a surprise as well. That in itself is something I want to talk about all on its own, because okay. that See. is freaking awesome um, I also like this nice little tease about the network imploding okay we saw at uh, Bagong Yugto how pissed off Idol was no? he was the only member of the network who did not get a win that night and uh, in the interviews you know, he was he was pretty pissed you know? the boys salty. were trying salty yeah he was really salty about it and this, these nice little threads where Chino got a little bit of time to shine. No? In fact, Chino Ginto actually had the most eliminations for uh, the Path of Gold match. On record. On, uh, record. on record. Yeah, yeah. He had four eliminations. Think about it. He took out a former PWR champion in JDL, former PHX champion in Bombay. He inadvertently pilled, uh, pinned his idol, own, yeah, his his own, own boss. boss. Yeah, and uh, took out Martivo as well. You know, If you want to ask me who was the MVP of that match, it was Chino Ginto. Not the boss, not Idol, it was Chino. So these little seeds of dissent, I think, is uh, it's leading to something interesting down the line. And I'd love to see where that goes. I like what you did there, down the line. Down the line. Uh, I, that was not intentional. That was pretty oh, awesome. Damn, that was okay. <laughs> what are the thoughts you have uh, surrounding the match? Because like, I, I think one of the things that people really look at at Path of Gold are the surprises. So what were the biggest surprises for you and... What were yeah, the this biggest... is not the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah this is it, not. It, there it's... were no the only other than Bombay. There were no surprises. But there, I, I guess there were surprises for people who weren't conditioned to think certain things. I mean, for you, obviously, uh, you can say that there were no surprises. Uh, but for someone like MDJ who comes in with little to no insider knowledge heading into the match, uh, uh, I'm sure there were some surprises headed his way. All right, fine, fine. fair enough, fair. Enough. I think the important thing in winning a match like this, it's all about the luck of the draw, okay? Mm. That's one thing it has in common with Royal Rumble. Positioning Positioning matters. matters, okay? And we said on Smart Henry that Redrick Mahaba had a huge disadvantage coming in. A huge? Uh, Again, (laughs) that was completely accidental, okay? He wrestled a match um, before Path of Gold. And I thought that that was really... It was a big challenge he was taking on because he's a big guy. Um, big guys don't usually have a lot of lasting power. They're not known for their but, stamina. But, but, you know, he, he is. <laughs> or so he says. We, we, we have yet to confirm. Says the king of the Bastard Club. Okay, So we knew he was coming in. Um, we did not really expect him to put on uh, a nice show during the match. He did cut a promo saying that he was going to be the number one contender. And, you know, he's pretty much setting the seeds for that. No? What surprised me was how Apocalypse just uh, came in. And I think it was Anthony, was it, who mentioned that uh, this, this, this feud that they seem to be setting up between Redrick Mahaba and Apocalypse, who laid him out, 
took him out of the match, beat him up with that crowbar. That's an interesting battle between love and hate. Okay, so I did not expect to see that happening, but I'm pretty excited about that. So we talked about the uh, the guys who really stood out, the guys who were uh, MVP or close to MVP level in the Path of Gold. But who are the busts for you in, the, in this this year's Path of Gold match? Here's one thing: I love women's wrestling in PWR. I love Crystal. I love Robin. Okay, and I thought it was pretty cool. By some coincidence, these two ladies came in at consecutive numbers, and I thought, hey, you know, these girls are going to get some time to shine. Okay, in fact. After they cleared everyone out of the ring, they actually had a couple of minutes where they had the ring all to themselves. The crowd was pretty stoked for that. We had a chant for women's wrestling going on, and that's never happened in a PWR show. Okay? Wait, are, you, no, actually, are, are we sure we about that? I'm pretty sure it's Yes, happened. I'm sure we've I, I, actually done Not that done shows it. you've been to. Yeah. Not that shows you've been to. I've been to 80% of the shows. No, you have not. I'd say it's more like 60. Do you have his attendance record? No, but I know... We can, we can put I, it up. I, there are know. photos. There are photos. Yeah. Come we on. have photos. I think MDJ's well, always got this a year, 100% capable. This year, oh. yeah. Oh, Toto, Toto, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, the women's wrestling, the women's wrestling. Yes, ABCC. I have heard, I have heard, ABCC. yes, I have heard ABCC women's wrestling before. I think ABCC. it happened in Vendetta when Crystal made her debut. Yes. Against, uh, and that is true. Yeah, it was chanted because she was there, but not necessarily yet because they were actually, actually facing off against each other. So I guess in that context, MDJ's right. I stand corrected. Hey, but it's, the, it's the first interaction between the two. Yeah, uh, in the ring. In the ring. No, well, no, not that. Yeah. APCC as well. But APCC is normally not considered canon. Eh? Well, but still, <laughs> it isn't. It wasn't canon as of 2016. Okay, okay, okay. Is all Just, I can say about that. Well, so, so let's stop let, being let's stickers back. about yeah, it. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's go back. Point. No. So my my whole point was, you know, I was really looking forward to them putting on a nice little show. Okay, uh, they, had, show. they had their own moment in the ring. Uh, they were lucky enough to come in in the latter third among participants, and I thought. You know, Crystal, she's been a people's choice. She was like, I think, at number three or number four, vote-getter. And I had a lot of expectations for her. Only to see that these girls both got pinned within, what was it, two minutes, three minutes of coming in? Um, there was not much going on. So, got Sorry. a nice pop. They had their nice little moment. We didn't get to go anywhere with that. So, yun lang, dun lang yung feeling mo na kulang yung, yung storytelling ng Path of Gold. Yes, I think so. But if, if it was a test to see how people would react to it, uh, I think they passed with flying colors. I think there's a big future for both of them. Mm. Uh, Robin in particular, she's been a nice little surprise. Robin, in fact, eliminated Crystal. No one saw that coming. True. All right. Now, um, let's address the elephant in the room. Chris Panzer finally winning uh, a huge match, number one. And number two, punching his ticket to the main event of Revolution X after having declared his intent to, uh, to challenge the PWR champion. So what are your thoughts on that, given the Panzer arc for the last year and, and change? What a beautiful turnaround for Chris Panzer. We have gone on record to say that he's the biggest choke artist in the history of PWR. Well, in the infancy of PWR, yes. Uh, we, we, what we've seen, he's had his big moments. He's had, yeah. He's yeah. had his chances, yeah. yeah. He's gotten to fight for the PHX championship. Twice, um, he Twice, made it to yes. the semis of the PWR championship. He went to Malaysia. Uh, he's a guy who's always had these opportunities, but for whatever reason, could never quite seem to crack the glass ceiling. Okay, um, and I thought, you know, after he lost his match with uh, the Apocalypse back at Renaissance when he got busted open, which was a very very painful moment to see yeah, live. And I thought. 
that's how we were gonna see him in the next few months. Pretty boy, big matches, can't get it done. Okay, but if you look back at the last three months, look at the quality of guys he's put away. Okay, in this match alone, uh, Ken uh, Ken Warren fell to Chris Panzer, Ralph Imabayashi fell to Chris Panzer, uh, Chino Ginto fell to Chris Panzer. Those are three of the hottest names in the company today. If there's anyone who still calls Chris Panzer a choke artist, that might have been true in 2016, 2017, I think we're looking to a whole new gear for the man from Detroit. All right, so this early on, we're two, uh, yeah, a little over two months away from Revolution X. Where do you think Chris Panzer's trajectory is headed, especially given his, uh, his position in the main event of the big show? Uh, to be honest, I think uh, he's earned his juice, man. He's been busted open. He's been through the lowest of lows. I think at one point he went through a bit of a, what was it, three-match, four-match losing streak? Well, he didn't go through a seven-match losing streak. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is Still true. stands as the worst performance in PWR history. But he turned it around, though. Yes. Nice. When, I mean, it's it's slumping, but it wasn't a slump as though he was not performing at all. Oh, no, man. He, yeah. he was still delivering great matches, man. But the thing is, his body of work is still impressive, uh. And Even I, in losses. And I, I think the, the great thing about it is he was never pushed to the moon. It took Chris Panzer two and a half years to get to this point. He earned this spot. Okay, So what's going to happen over the next couple of months? I don't think he has much to prove. Um, John Sebastian, though, I think is a totally different level of competition from what he's uh, taken on in the past. Um, so what, what what he has to prepare for is answering the question: How do I deal with this man? You know, the fucking most dangerous man in PWR today. He's got this wonderful kill shot finisher. Um, he takes any shortcut that he can get. I don't think Chris Panzer has ever been in the ring with a man that hungry. Okay. But what's your smarky point of view? Like, I, I kind of want to get that from you because I like I I this is this very can't... sports commentator. I'm yeah. actually not very surprised. <laughs> yeah, this is, knowing it's, you. It's, yeah, that's right. It's very. This is your fame. default. This is your default setting. Yeah, but I want to get the smarky side out of you because um, it's there. It exists. Oh no, man. And, and this podcast has always been for the thinking fans. So oh, yeah. put your smart hat on as a PWR. Don't fan. make us. Don't make us call Lance back. Also, for the next also, one. you know, we know you. You have a thing for this guy. Well, here's which guy. Who, who has a Panzer. thing for who? He likes Panzer. Does he? That's Does he? Lance. That's oh, Lance. Damn it, that's Lance. Sorry. Lance is a homoerotic, ambiguously homoerotic guy in the Smart Henry team. And with that, we say, <laughs> shut up, Thomas. Let MDJ talk. Okay. Here's why, why one big beef with Chris Panzer. I have said that this guy is the most paper thin, one dimensional character on the roster oh. today. Okay? That was. He gets one. Well. He gets two chants when he wrestles. Number one is Papa. Number two is Huwag sa Muka. Okay. okay. So in general, the only reason why people seem to connect with him is because... Pogi you know, Let's face it, he's easy on the eyes. Yeah, yung pinaka-poging wrestler sa PWR. He's got his contracts. But we have nothing to root for outside of that. Okay. Why? Wouldn't you argue that uh, losing... The underdog, yeah, being the underdog, there. being you know, being coming so close to winning but not winning isn't a, a good enough reason to cheer for him. I think that's a shot you can fire once, okay. But once we kind of learn to see a guy choking one, two, three, four times, we kind of get manhid to the whole thing of it. I think it depends on what and 
Uh, I think okay, we go back to this point from previous reviews. Like I think we've touched on this with the review from Lance before. I don't I just can't remember when, but it, it goes back to how he loses a match, right? I mm-hmm. think that yeah, I guess if you if you start strong and then you somehow slip up near the end, that's choking. Yes, but doesn't also uh, doesn't also provide like you know a really good performance before said choking? I mean, like yeah, if it weren't for this thing. Uh, it would be he, really great. Yeah, yeah. And, look, and, look at the Revolution not, X match. Yeah, uh, match sorry, between sorry, uh, Panzer and John Sebastian. But it was uh, the KC Montero and sh- uh, shenanigans with me involved at ringside that pretty much contributed to Panzer losing ultimately. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, no, that normally happens. Wait, you know, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Panzer and Sebastian have faced off before. Yeah, yeah. that totally slipped my mind. Uh, high stakes for Mr. C. Unfortunately, Panzer did not come through that time. Panzer knows how it feels to lose to John Sebastian. Okay. And he knows what that kill shot feels like. Yeah, he should have been there. It's a path of gold. I know, right? Was just, that would have been a great moment. That would have been a good moment that you, you two hugging it out. No, see, see this, is why, <laughs> this is why I took that photo at uh, Bagong Yugto. Uh. That photo I posted on the Mr. C. Light page. I premeditated that photo. Okay. In case Chris Panzer would win, that photo was there. Sure. Okay. Stock footage. Okay. Anyway. Fine. Um, so, um, let, let, let's zoom out then from, from Chris Panzer and from Path of Gold. And uh, talk about the rest of the card. Because uh, there were also some matches that went on, some with implication, uh, path of gold implications, others not necessarily. We can probably start with the interpromotional match uh, between Blackzilla and Billy Swade. So we had Billy Swade on the podcast last week. We were kind of hinting at him appearing at Path of Gold, and uh, true enough, he did face Blackzilla. So what was that like for you to catch uh, you know, Billy Swade, who's had experience abroad? Uh, Blackzilla, who we may or may not have seen in the PWR circuit over the last year or two. How was that like? In some capacity. Who may or may not be the machine. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. Uh, before he appeared on the Smarty Les Pilipinas podcast, I'd never heard of Billy Swade. Neither have we. Neither. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. I think even he will admit that you know it's hard to have heard of him if you're not from Canada, if you're not from the Vancouver area. Yeah, but I went and Googled, and this guy is legit. Did you also Google Blackzilla? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to all of the listeners out there, I highly suggest you Google Blackzilla. No, but... Blackzilla grows. Last we heard, there was a child listening to this podcast. That was a long time ago, but still, you never know. Yeah. No, so my expectations were pretty high, because I know the credentials now of uh, Billy Swade. He can fly, he can wrestle, he's got really wonderful fundamentals and when I was watching some of his videos he comes to the ring to the old four horsemen theme mm. okay mm. that takes balls a variation of yeah. no I think it is the old it's the WCW 1998 theme no actually no, his one never mind never mind yes yeah shut he up yeah. shut up we should get fact check lens on this show yeah <laughs> then he just whimper all the time so anyway, I, I've seen him fly. Okay, to those yeah. of you who don't know, uh, he uses sliced bread number two as his finisher, and it's pretty legit, you know. And uh, uh, Blackzilla, um, I've seen him as well uh, on YouTube. Clearly, he's a bit of a monster, big guy, really strong, pure power. I thought this is going to be a really nice, long, drawn-out match. Okay, and uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, and I think people have seen the footage. Uh, 30 seconds into the match, uh, Blackzilla took a couple of uh, big arm drags from Billy Swade and apparently seemed to have uh, pulled his groin. Okay? Yep. Uh, 
to those of you who have never had a groin uh, groin injury before, that's pretty freaking painful. It hurts. It hurts. Man. So we, we actually got a Blackzilla um, medical injury update from uh, in, in the days since Path of Gold, and he's actually good. He uh, he might be back in a PWR ring sooner than we all uh, you know sooner than we expect. So that's that's always good. Um, I, I guess it's also a matter of Blackzilla having having aged as a human being, which you know. Um, or a monster. Or as Wait, a monster. Wait, how do you know your age? Dude, I'm the guy who books these matches. I do my background checks on these people. Oh, it's about the application form. So you Googled Blackzilla? No, I <laughs> asked him. <laughs> he interviewed him. Yeah. I have to go through an interview. Anyway, so so Blackzilla will be back in a ring hopefully sooner than later. Uh, your thoughts on, on the match for you know whatever it was worth? It's hard to say anything about a match that basically comprised of two arm drags and, and the finish uh, and posturing. Yeah, top rope splash. No, I mean, I have to give all credit to guys. I would assume that that wasn't how they planned it out. So there's a lot of improv work going on. So props to them. Um, obviously, didn't meet expectations. Well, it's not ballet. It's, which is insulting yeah, to professional ballet dancers. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I know, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, they work hard. Other matches that took place at Path of Gold, you had two qualifying matches, one between the members of Delirium, which I'm sure a lot of people took some delight in, and uh, the other between um, AB3 and Redrick Mahaba. Quick thoughts on those? Yeah, yeah. I was very curious about how Delirium would fare. I've seen them in tag team competition, not really seen a lot of them in singles. It's a totally different game. And they clearly were kind of pulling their punches. No, I mean, clearly these guys like each other. They have to work They're together. They're friends. They're friends. You know? So they. So you're saying that they weren't like snug enough. They weren't believable in that particular uh, scenario. Well, I've never had to punch a friend in the face. I can't imagine it's. Mabat ka a striking class. Piniko. I'm sure you have. No, no. My last class was when we took suplexes and body slams. Ah, right. right. Uh, so, so that's one thing, and uh, I was, I was surprised at how the match ended because uh, I'd kind of been uh, trained to see them as these really hyper athletes, okay? And to see the match end with well, it was an O'Connor roll getting countered into an inside cradle, you know, quote unquote technical wrestling. I thought that that, that came out of nowhere. Uh, it was pleasant, and uh, I, I was happy to see Dax win. What about uh, Redrick Mahaba versus AB3 for uh, the second qualifying match of the night? I am a huge fan of AB3. A huge yeah. Huge fan of AB3. Mr. Financially Stable. Mr. Financially Stable. I love how he wrestles in a freaking scarf. Okay? Uh, <laughs> never been done. And he has a face that you just want to punch. Yeah? It's true. Okay? And, <laughs> and don't forget, he has beaten Redrick Mahaba before. With shenanigans from the outside, but point Still, is, uh, he, he's, he's won him. Yeah. So I thought Red wrestled a very, very smart match in this one. He had Path of Gold coming up later that night, so he knew he had to end the match quickly. Uh, I think it didn't even go five minutes. You no. Know, um, uh, locked in the jackolade, and it was a nice variation on the jackolade. He actually mixed up some MMA. You know, it turned into a, some kind of triangle choke. Okay. So uh, from a comedy move. Jackalade all of a sudden is now legit MMA. So that was nice to see as well. Now, uh, there were also two championship matches. First, you got uh, you had Peter Versaza defending the PHX title against Main Max, and then you had the all-out war between John Sebastian, The Apocalypse, and JDL. Which one do you want to get into first? Uh, I guess we'll talk about PHX first. Uh, number one, um, Peter Versaza has new tights. 
Okay. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, That's he true. Does. <laughs> uh, and he also has very nice legs, apparently. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure <laughs> okay. if... Uh, we can talk about legs later on. No? If you've been following the arc of Main Max over the last few months, you kind of had to sort of see this coming. Because no? the first uh, the first few matches that Max had as PHX champion, uh, the way he was booked, he was an absolute unstoppable monster. Okay, I oh, think the... Sandata first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandata first, then Crystal. No, you're forgetting the gauntlet match. Oh, yeah, there was the gauntlet match. Yeah, he was a beast. But ever since that one match he had with Crystal, where we kind of saw this whole monster facade cracking, we've been seeing the feelings, yeah, Max. The feelings, Max. You know, and uh, I have to wonder if uh, he sort of lost his edge in the last few months. Um, we saw how he was absolutely devastated about losing the belt uh, last time. The, the guy cried in the ring. He clearly cares a lot. Uh, <laughs> But so I wasn't sure if he was coming into this match with the right kind of focus needed. He was vulnerable. He's shaky. For the first time in his life, he's dealing with feelings. Um, For the first time in his life, <laughs> it seems in his kayfabe life. Um, so I really wanted him to win, but uh, honestly, I, I didn't see him coming out with the belt. Uh, P- uh, Peter put on a good match. Um, he did stuff I didn't think he could do. Uh, his Carne Norto, Carne Norte gutbuster to Max. Yeah, I didn't think he could get Max into that, but uh, he did. He did. And whereas last time it took him, I think two or three uh, pedigrees to put Max away, mm. it took him just one this time. I want you to compare uh, the two matches, the Bagong Yugto match and the Path of Gold match. Because the Bagong Yugto match didn't go over so well based on crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it was a match that closed out the first half of Bagong Yugto whereas um, here at Path of Gold um, correct me if I'm wrong that also closed the first half did it or didn't it uh, there was no halves uh, what closed the first half of Path of Gold was the All Out War alright so, so yeah, let, let's compare the two matches Path of Gold and Bagong Yugto between uh, Peter the V and Main Max um, were there improvements or did anybody regress or not perform as well as you would, you would have hoped um, well I think the, the biggest difference for me was uh, really the way that Peter carried himself. No? Uh, the first match, uh, he, he, was, he was wrestling as a hungry guy, um, didn't care if he had to cheat to win. Uh, it took a lot of shortcuts. And we, we know Peter Versosa is one hell of a wrestler. He can fly. Uh, he can do all of these flashy moves. Um, he wasn't really bringing them out that much last time out because you know, he had one game plan, take shortcuts. Smashed Main Max's head into the exposed turnbuckle. That's pretty much how he won last time out. This time around, he had a lot more confidence to him. He wrestled a more Peter Versosa kind of match, if you know what I mean. Uh, he had his fla- all his flashy offense in place. Um, he wrestled like a champion, and I thought that was something he did uh, pretty well. I wasn't so sure what kind of champion he'd be after the first match. Um, But after seeing this second match, I think he's going to be a really good PHX champion. Well, what about Main Max? Because Main Max comes in now as as an underdog, so to speak, just because he wasn't the champion heading into Path of Gold. So um, what were the changes in the way he wrestled or carried himself as as you juxtaposed with, with Peter Canina? I just feel like he lost his mojo. The guy has no confidence left. Um, he got a second shot at the Path of Gold match later on. You're saying the, this in k- uh, k wise or like as a performer? Um, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. No, I mean, 
there's something softer about the guy now. No? I used to look at him and say, this guy is one monster. He's gonna kick people's ass. He's gonna destroy them. You know? there, there's, there's a reason why the chance people would give him would be, Max is gonna kill you. That's what people used to chant before. Now he doesn't get that. He gets chance of Max. Uh, Max he cares. Max has feelings, and it gets to him. No, he's. Uh, I think he's secretly a really sensitive guy who cares a lot about uh, how the audience is responding to him. Um, this this whole human side. I'm not sure if he can still be the monster Max that we met before. Right. Does he have to be the monster though? I think that's a, that's a big question that needs answering. I think he does because um, if we go all the way back. I don't know when this was that all-out war match he had against the Apocalypse. Uh, he was out-monstered. He was still in the flesh then. He was out-monstered by Apocalypse in that match. You know, he was absolutely destroyed, tore his pec muscle. He was going nowhere. Okay, he picked up a little bit of a nice edge when he was with the Flush. You know? and I guess that's a that's an effect of having the people around him that he did. You know? All of these grade A asshole Estafadora jerks scumbags (laughs) I'm glad that you mentioned the apocalypse and the idea of monsters because as we shift towards the all out war it's a match that has been pretty much synonymous with the apocalypse and his arc throughout PWR so before we get into the title match I want to get your thoughts on the apocalypse as a character and the need for monsters in PWR so given the setting given the promotion doing I guess the first question is one do we still need a monster given what you said about May Max and two where, uh, how does a character like the Apocalypse fit in a promotion like PWR, where you have these uh, this host of characters that may uh, you know some of them are more human, some of them are less cartoony than you'd expect from professional wrestling as a trope? Mm-hmm. Well, I think in any kind of performing art where you have some kind of storytelling, people always seem to naturally respond to having all of these different archetypes. No, it gives us that nice spread among personalities. We have to have that courageous warrior you know we have to have that every man the monster is always a wonderful device that we see in storytelling and i think that applies to pro wrestling as well um i'm a big guy so i particularly love seeing these force of nature characters come in and just uh, destroy everyone the hosses Um, the hosses yeah 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 and uh apocalypse i have no idea honestly to this point what kind of what kind of technical background he has, if he can chain wrestle. But frankly, I don't care. I like seeing him go in there and just destroy people, okay? His uh, over-the-top rope dive, the, his death bell, uh, the way he popped Canto Terror's eye. That is perversely entertaining. Okay? <laughs> the crowbar. The crowbar use. Yes. So um, let, let's go back to the question. Is there? Um, I, I guess your answer is a yes when I ask. Is there a place for a character like the Apocalypse in today's PWR? I think so. Yes, and uh, that that's really uh, classical storytelling when it comes to wrestling. When you Wait, go back to yeah, classical. <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're you're feeding you're feeding us with these lines. Yeah, you're making it too easy, Puchasha. Classical. Going to trigger some people. No, I think this podcast. <laughs> I, I think wrestling today is a lot more sophisticated. There's a lot more shades of gray going on. Yes. Okay. But at the heart of it, it's always you know good versus evil, the underdog versus the overlord. People naturally respond to this kind of thing. But then it's it really boils down to: Do we need this kind of evil? Do we need this kind of character? Does it fit at all? Like yeah, like you like it, yes. But objectively, what do you think? I mean, like, is it? Really, 
a necessity. Like, can we do without it? I guess um, my question is rooted in um, the evolution of these characters. You mentioned Main Max having evolved from running with the Royal Flush to now having being, feelings. To, to now having feelings. Chris Panzer being this pokey guy turning into a choke artist, now uh, turning his career around. Uh, Sandata probably going through the same when he first came out to um, you know being the uh, the technical that we know him to be. So when you look at the apocalypse and his arc as a character, what has changed or what layers have you seen? Because I look at the character and I see him pretty much the same as he was when he first burst onto PWR. With the exception of the mask. Now, that's a good point. That is a good point, actually. Uh, that's completely yeah. unfair. You, you will slide from the shot of camera. Yeah, yeah. Well. We're going to keep that uh, shot of camera to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's the thing. I just... I can't bring myself to think long-term when it comes to watching him. You know? You're know, you right. He hasn't changed at all. He's the exact same character that he was uh, when he debuted uh, two and a half years ago. You know, But uh, I don't care. When I see him in the ring, I'm in it just for that moment. I am excited to see what kind of destruction he's going to cause. And uh, frankly, I don't know what kind of long-term storytelling they can do around him. You know? But uh, I don't mind. It's fun to see him destroy people. All right, I, I guess that's fair. I, mean, I guess you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> no, no what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, those are thoughts, Yeah, those are thoughts that are best saved outside the, outside the realm of the podcast. Yeah, uh, just because of our respective alignments. Yes. Here's one thing, though. I wish he oh. was a little bit bigger. And, uh, uh, he's yeah. psychologically imposing. I wish he was a little bit more physically imposing. Okay. He is okay. pretty psychologically imposing. I will yeah. give him that. Yeah. He, he I mean, like, I, me. I, yeah, I've been in the ring with him as well, so I would know. Now, um, let's talk about the match then. All Out War, Apocalypse, JDL, John what, Sebastian. What number All Out War is this? Like four? How many All Out Wars yeah, actually, do we do? We've, we've had a few. On a uh, monthly basis. On a quarterly basis. There's been a few. I would say there are at least like five. You know what? Let's look at PWR and Wikipedia right I, I now. Really, I, I, I'm sure I'm sorry, somebody... I, I really thought about this just for, for a second. And it's like... I said, say thanks. That yeah, yeah. So anyway, and anyway, before go, go, we uh, get to that, we get to that. Well, off the top of my head, hang on. The first all-out war was Apocalypse and Mayhem against the Royal Flush. Okay, yes. that, the the one that went for Infinity. Exactly. Yeah. In MCS, okay. Yeah, yeah. The second one I think was Apocalypse versus Main Max. Orokan. The Orokan match. The Orokan match, yes. Yeah. The third one, I think, was Mark Di Banalo and the Apocalypse. Yeah. With the eye and the crowbar. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, three. Yeah. This is the fourth, I think. It's the fourth. No, Chris Panzer versus the Apocalypse. Chris Panzer, also. Apocalypse. That was, that was number four. four. So okay. this is five. This is number five. Number, number five. five. Yeah, yeah. Sweet Jesus. We've had five in two years? And, yes. Uh, um, my God. <laughs> was it there an all-out war in the show? Uh, showdown. I'm pretty sure there was an all-out war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 I think so. Iba, no, no, no. Niba? No. All right. So, okay. So, what do you? What were your thoughts on the uh, on the three-way? Uh, who stood out to you, and who did you think kind of faded into the background? If if uh, there was anyone who fit that description, you know, the one thing I loved in the match, JDL was the ultimate troll. He freaking trolled John Sebastian the whole night. You know, left him uh, out to dry. Um, Walked out of the ring, JDL. Um, he was just throwing weapons into the ring for Apocalypse to use against John Sebastian. That's like the first five minutes. Yeah, that was that was fun, okay? And uh, the people were laughing, okay? Because I don't think we've gotten to see this side of JDL before. He's always been, you know, an upstanding, uh, very polite and charming kind of guy. Yeah. 
straight laced straight laced Bacolod gentleman. Mm-hmm. Ganun ba talaga kayo sa Bacolod? The, the gentleman. The, the gentleman are. So you're the gentleman? Hindi mm-hmm. talaga. Okay. I, I, I don't even call myself the son of Bahashendero. Because no, my parents... But not every... You know, not every ilongo is a son 80, of Bahashendero. 80% of the rich ones are. Yeah, okay. very genteel. Okay, genteel. so genteel. Uh, the first five minutes, totally threw it out the window. But then, as Jason Kidd would say, he took a complete 360 degree turn in the match. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a very deliberate reference. Yeah, I know. I know. Yes. <laughs> okay. When guys, he, uh, you know, 180 is the is the minimum <laughs> for swerves. And that is why there's a notation here for Jason Kidd. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but then for him to step in and actually partner with Sebastian to uh, to beat up uh, Apocalypse, that was a nice little uh, new twist we've seen to JDL. Uh, he and John Sebastian have been at war for two years now. For So to see them actually uh, partnering together, and uh, they actually laid out the Apocalypse with a double power bomb on the steel steps. Okay, That showed you how important this match was to them. Uh, so I think, uh, to answer your question, this these new sides to JDL, that was really interesting to see. He can be a jerk. Um, he can switch sides you know, because he cares a lot about being champion. Okay? Um, no one really receded into the background, I think. They all had their moments. You know, but... Uh, John Sebastian, I think, wrestled the smartest match in this one. It's all about picking his spots. No? Um, the ending was quite nice, uh, where uh, Sebastian waited for Apocalypse uh, to drop JDL with a death bell. Of course, when that happens, comes in, breaks up the cover, smashes JDL, uh, smashes Apocalypse with a belt, knocks him out with a kill shot, uh, lays his belt on top of JDL's head, and knocks him out with a kill shot. It was all about being... You know the smartest player in the game, okay. But I think more and more, you know, JDL, um, well, John Sebastian talks about uh, being a jerk. But the point is, he wrestled the most intelligent match, okay. And I think he's proving more and more that he can be the top guy in the company. All right. Um, I want to get your thoughts on uh, these two shows that we've seen in 2017. Like, um, if you can compare both shows on a macro level, Bagmuyto and Path of Gold, what were the good? What were the bad um, and things that stood out to you that were in one show but were not in the other show? Here, here's a guide question. I think I think something people want to know, especially knowing the context of Bagong Yugto at least. Did was it uh, you know after seeing both shows was it pretty obvious that the WWE officials coming to watch Bagong Yugto play a part, play a huge part in the performances of the PWR wrestlers? Um, well. I, I think you hit it right in the head. The major difference between the two shows, um, watching Bagong Yugto, it was all about the PWR guys showing the whole audience that we have the skills and we can wrestle. It is about showing that they were the best wrestlers in the country and even the region. Um, Damn, that's, that's a tall order. <laughs> in the region? It's a big ambition, but, you know, they've got big dreams. Um, we don't. We're not trained by Dick Togo, pa. Pucha <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with this? Okay, this was a storytelling show. I think. Okay. Of course, you had the athletic moment. Nice story. Um, you had all of this nice little stuff. Um, so that's pretty much it. Bagong Yugto was the skill show. Uh, Path of Gold was the story show. Did you notice that the confidence level picked up heading into Path of Gold? Uh, given uh, WWE was there at. 
bagong yuto. There's a video even. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, internally we could feel that the confidence of the boys and the girls was on a high. Pero as a viewer, was that something that came out and translated into their in-ring performance? I think so. I think so. there was a lot of swagger from people that I didn't expect to see swagger from. You know? Like? Um, for example, this new guy, uh, Evan Carlo. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> that guy, he's, he's got some pretty decent swag, no? And then he he won his match, no? He, he carried himself with a lot of confidence. I thought that was uh, quite cool. On the, the pre-show against Makata. Uh, Makata, yeah, that's right. Um, the Yolo Twins, so they've always had oh. swag, no? But uh, I think they were rocking at this show. Hundred thousand uh, trillion today. <laughs> that's where their swag is at. Yeah, and even a guy like, gosh, Canto Terror, he can't get booked on most shows, no? He comes to the ring, you know, he's got this huge smile on his face. You could tell in his mind, he thought he was on top of the world. Of course, he only lasted like two minutes, no? But, uh, a, little more, a little more than that, but uh, he was feeling good about himself. I'm happy he had his moment. All right. Um, uh Heading into PWR Live Mainit, what are your expectations? First of all, what do you think of the name? <laughs> Sorry, it's... Yeah, because the name got announced this week. Oh. And I didn't think it was going to be that. Neither did I. Neither did I. I, I um, the first thing that came to my mind, actually, was the Q York song uh. from, like, last decade. It's bad. It's a bad... No, no, no. Was it last decade? Really? Yes. It was already? Oh, it's in the 2000s. Yeah, dude. I'm not gonna call it a bad show name outright, but I think it was a giant missed opportunity. I'll give PWR... Well, so what should it have been? What What? What did you have gotten? Here, As a marketing Mr. expert. Oh, Mr. Tama, branding. Tama. Mr. I branding. will give them a freebie. The name for this show should have been PWR Live In It To Win It. <laughs> Mike dropped. Mike fucking dropped. <laughs> in it to in it or ma in it to in it. In it in it in it. I think no no. I think I think you gotta go. You gotta go all in with the pun. Oh nga. Ma in it to in it. You're right. And then you, you dress know, up Chris Panzer to look like Luis Manzano. <laughs> no, that should be you or Punch. Actually, yeah, yeah. The event poster was pure beefcake. Okay, so it's naked uh, Punch. Yes, that should be a thing. <laughs> by the way. So we've already had Naked Sand in Manila yeah. Madness. Yeah, no one wants to see that again. <laughs> naked Potch, just make this happen. Potch should be a ring announcing in board shorts. I have nothing to add to that, but... Yes! Absolutely! Shut up, Camus! No, but, you know, I think PWR can learn a lot from WCW. When they used to have Bash at the Beach, you know, they'd have people watching the show in board shorts. They'd be throwing beach balls around. And I think, you know, more than the matches... Uh, PWR can turn this into a real summer experience. Okay, so I just basta wag sa batanes. Wag lang sa batanes. <laughs> All right, no beaching in batanes. Any other thoughts on Path of Gold that uh, you that we might have missed out on, or that you want to revisit before we uh, get to SmackDown and Fastlane? Um, yeah, just one more thing I want to talk about: Team Kupal. Okay. Um, that's uh, the Yolo Twins. That's Mike Madrigal, and that's uh, uh, Vlad Sinsik. Chino should be led by Chino. Oh, Chino. Chino is in there. Oh, Chino is there. They're, these four guys, they're big jerks, but I love them. You know, I really love them, and I think in some perverse way, the audience loves them too. Okay, um, you have not lived until you have heard a Kupal chant at a PWR show. I know a few people who would uh, be offended by that. 
<laughs> All right, so that uh, pretty much does it, I guess, for NDJ's Path of Gold review. Um, let's switch gears now and talk about SmackDown. We're, we're going to skip over Raw because we'll touch on that in the fast lane predictions anyway. Oh, real quick, uh, real quick. Yeah, so SmackDown first. Randy Orton finally turning on Bray Wyatt. Uh, I've heard Too some people say, or yeah. should it have been? Uh, should it have come even before today? Uh, not too soon, not too late either. So sakto lang. Sakto lang, I think. Uh, it's enough time to uh, build up the WrestleMania match, and then the uh, touching on. Oh, fine, I'm in it. But uh, I just can't help but draw comparisons to to the broken Matt Hardy, the broken Hardy's angle. Yeah, what do you guys think about that whole uh, the whole segment where Randy's at the White Compound? And it looks like it was a B movie uh, that was pretty much filmed for SmackDown. Um, MDJ, uh, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think that was a really good move because uh, if you if you look at all the wrestling writers now, they talk about how it's the reality era. No, segments like this, I think, kind of forces the audience to step back, disconnect, reminds them to put on that suspension of disbelief. It was over the top. It was cheesy as hell. But you know, I had a lot of fun. The zoom-ins were so B movie. Where does this rank That's in all-time thing. Randy Orton gago moments? Because there was a time he pulled a gun on Cena's um, dad. There was yeah, a time that he attacked that. Mrs. Dad. Oh, this is There's pretty tame, then. This is pretty tame. Like, he just burned an inanimate object. That oh, he did something. kind of burn he burned the set piece. No, no, no. There was no corpse. There was no corpse. Her remains were buried under the implied chair. Implied. Implied. You know, when, he just when burned a set piece. That's all. It's, 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 how do you say this? He's not desecrating a body because the body has decomposed. At this this point. is not Katie Vick. Yes, this is not. Oh shit! Uh, so, so if I ask you guys, is this the worst thing Randy Orton has ever done? No, no, not, not even. even. Yeah, not yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. even. This is not even top ten. Not even top ten. But would you put this under the list of things that aren't baby facey that baby faces did? Because we we do bitch about that on this podcast. Uh, no, I don't think so. I wouldn't say that. I was actually thinking about that particular question. As I was watching, or as I heard the news that Orton burned down the white compound. To be fair, you do have to remember that uh, Bray is a cultish, a cult leader who is a dick. Uh, he's been on Randy Orton's case for forever, if you remember. Randy Orton when this all started. Yeah. So, in to for for Orton to have uh, acted like that, I think it's just you know equal. It's payback. It's equal payback. Yes. It's good payback. Now, how um, how shook were you to see Bray Wyatt that shook? Can you please kind of shook? Can you please never use shook? No, no, I th- I think it was very appropriate. In yes. fact, a lot of people on SmackDown this week were pretty shook. That's gonna be my review yeah. for tomorrow on yeah. Fox Sports. Okay, shook. Yeah, so how shook were you that Bray Wyatt looked that shook? No, the, the first thought in my head, kawawa sha. Oh my god, <laughs> I felt for the guy. Kawawa sha, sha. Like I think this was this was the most forlorn we've ever seen Bray Wyatt, and the most vulnerable we've seen him. Uh, I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be babyface territory for Wyatt if and only if there is sufficient backstory fleshed out on what and who Sister Abigail really was yes. in their lifetime. Was okay. she's dead? She was a ghost from the lantern. Remember, she's she's also decomposing as you just said like minutes ago. Yes, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's fair. It's equal. It's it's Mad Orton, Mad you know, deliberate Randy Orton, the more of a cerebral assassin than Seth Rollins ever will be. Actually, Kevin Owens yeah. ever will be. So, I'm so Randy shut up, Camus. No, shut up, shut up. All right, now um, Randy Orton is Triple H and her new evolution. No, shut up. <laughs> that was last week, Camus. Sorry. 
Alright, uh, let's talk about Miz and Cena and how that opening opening segment was incredibly self-aware. I like uh, I liked how uh, Miz went on to attack Cena the way he did. And then um, just when I thought to myself that, wait, lang, Miz is regurgitating the same shit AJ said a couple months ago. Um, Cena goes out and says the same thing. And Cena points out a lot of things that didn't necessarily break the fourth wall, but showed an, incred- uh, an incredible amount of self-awareness. So um, I wanted to get your take on, on that whole segment and how it went down. I liked it. No, I really liked it. Um, I'm glad they went there. Uh, it could have been as, there earlier. I'm not. Yeah, it could have been earlier. I'm not as happy that Cena went back to being fake gangster again. Uh, it's nice that they actually added these things for for extra fire to the feud. I'm sure Miz is by this point all okay with it by now. So okay, no problems there. Uh, it's a great way to turn. A feud that many people wrote off as being filler, not just filler, but you know, a retread redundant. of what, yeah, redundant, a retread of what we what we've seen before, like almost ten years ago, almost, almost six, six, oh, fine, six years ago, but you know, adding that element made it must watch, and that's what's great about SmackDown. Does this uh, set both of them though in that binary, in the face heel binary, MDJ? Like, do you think? Miz is really a straight up heel here and Cena a straight up baby face. I think Chris Jericho hit it on the head uh, many years ago when he said the best kinds of heels are those who completely believe in the rightness of what they're saying and doing. And that's I find it interesting because both of these guys, they have extremely valid points. It's not just, I hate you, boo you. So I think there's some real reason and logic behind the writing. And I... I'll be honest, kinilig ako when Nikki Bella came out <laughs> and called John Cena her man. Kinilig ako. I think all of us, at least those of us in you relationships would... I don't. Okay. But you know, those of us sure. in relationships should. would probably know, <laughs> would know na, yeah, there is truth to that. Like, if your girl comes out and says, you're uh, her man or my man, meron eh, like, there is that kilig thing uh, that, that MDJ spoke, uh, spoke about. <sighs> yeah, good for you. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Like the one single guy at the table. Yeah. Well, too bad, right? Yeah. Sorry about your damn luck. Uh, you, you can watch I'm Drunk, I Love You. It's still in theaters. Yep. I intend to. Alright. So, um, so are we officially excited for Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki at yeah. Yes. I am. I all am. in. All in. Oh, all in. I, never, I didn't think they would go there, but they went there, so I'm, I'm, I'm all in. the walls in. And last question. Is John Cena still self-righteous though in the way that he carries himself? Oh, no man. Pero may point naman siya, papi. So it's 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 not the self-righteous. Parang parang kupal ka rin. I just wish that he was self-aware enough. Well, I think Miz was the most self-aware in this oh, in yes. this uh, in the segment. But I th- I just wish Cena was self-aware enough to admit that you know I was wrong about The Rock. Uh, I was wrong nice about many too. things. I was wrong about many things. But he did say that on Talking Smack. But on Talking Smack, yeah, he did. But it's confronted, not, confronted with the truth from Miz, parang he didn't want to say it just because it's coming from Miz. You know what I'm saying? Parang he didn't want to defer to Miz, even though he already admitted this before. Right? So in, in that regard, kupal para si Cena because he wouldn't acknowledge well, the truth man. that Miz yeah. served up to him. Yeah, yes. like a, a simple, yeah, you're right, but then I love wrestling, and then I, I, I realized my mistake. Saying that would have made him a true babyface. All right, honestly. 
Um, one of the other big takeaways from this week's SmackDown is that AJ Styles is headed to WrestleMania as the number one contender. I think we're generally happy about this because that means he doesn't get Shane McMahon. But does he really not get Shane McMahon given the shenanigans of that Styles-Harper match on SmackDown? I think he does. What do you mean uh, he does? Like he actually does get Shane eventually? Yes, yes. Did you see Tong Smack? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't yet. Yes. Uh, he, he demanded that Shane still put him at WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt. So, I think there's going to be some ac- some legal acrobatics over there saying that uh, since Randy Orton did actually declare his intention to uh, to to compete against Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship, they're going to keep that match, and then for some reason Shane is going to do the stupid thing and deny AJ Styles AJ Styles championship shot. But what's even stupider is now it buries Luke Harper, and it also. Craps on no, the no, man. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it. Cra- no, no. I wouldn't say it. Craps. It, it all it makes. Uh, all it makes uh, stupid looking is shame. Because the shadow naman yung ane. By 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 giving Randy Orton his championship shot back, his singles championship shot back, he makes himself look bad, and you know, makes him unable to um, to operate as an intelligent general manager. I think the only problem they have to fix at that point is. Doesn't Shane technically look like the heel here for being an incompetent general manager? MDJ, as the most tenured corporate guy in this room, what? Uh, how would you deal with this as a manager? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think there should be a segment every week. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's... Just, that's the thing. The guy basically wrote himself into a corner. No? Um, as, as, as much as Steph gives Mick Foley heat for not thinking things through or having the basic competence I, I think you know, Shane did a terrible job I, I wouldn't trust him to run my business <laughs> so how would you deal with it and, and uh, in case anyone's wondering would you uh, trust him over your, your former bosses <laughs> <laughs> well uh, he has much cooler sneakers than any of them that's true um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't help but feel that he is going to fall into one of two crutches you know he is He's either going to throw them into a three-way match or he's going to go... Which doesn't make sense at this point. Not now. Or he's going to end up doing that usual... um, You guys fight uh, early on at WrestleMania. Whoever wins takes on Bray Wyatt later on. That doesn't make sense either. either. Yeah, but uh, how how else is he going to get himself out of this? How many weeks do they have? Uh, four? T minus one month. Yeah, four. Four? A month. Four? T minus a month. Oh, so sakta nga yung timing ng... How would MDJ manage this situation? How would a manager manage it? Yeah. Alright, now uh, we got Fast Lane coming up. Not too excited about this because Raw. At all. Yeah, at all. Are you really not excited about some Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe? Because I am. I'm. I'm whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed yet. Is whelmed even a word? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You obviously did not watch Young Justice. No, I didn't. Uh, so you got eight matches on your card. Let's run through this really quickly. Nine. You have nine matches. Nine? Nine. What nine? I don't know. Eight. That eight. My bad. My bad. Right. So let's start, good. With, let's start with the pre-show. You got a tag team match between the Cruiserweights, Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa versus the Brian, Ken- the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar with Alicia Fox. Actually, all things considered, I am okay with this match. Yeah, uh, even if Rich Swan is nowhere near the title picture. Yes. yes. Uh, no, the only problem with Rich Swan is that he's moved down to the Alicia Fox angle, uh, which is super bad. 
I can't believe I don't know why black people <laughs> why black wrestlers continue to stay on black one. people yes no True. Cedric Alexander Rich Swan Elisa Fox but, but uh, all things considered the this these two angles because they're, they're actually two separate singles angles merged together in one tag team match they were actually built up well over the course of a few weeks ago uh, I love I low-key love the Akira Tozawa versus Brian Kendrick feud because it's so do I. It's it's, it's really not, well it's written. Horrible. Yeah, and, and they're taking their time with it in a way that doesn't feel rushed, mm. and it it doesn't feel like they're dragging on for too long either. So, um, or having yeah. hinge on Akira Tozawa's Japanese-ness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so because he, actually, he can actually speak English. Predictions yeah. on this one? I think the babyface team Baby wins just for a quick. Tozawa needs Tozawa needs a little bit more momentum. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I think uh, no, 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 because no, Tazawa's been handing Kendrick his ass. I think so. Kendrick gets the win back. Yeah, and so Jago, like the um, heel teams. Who would you uh, predict to win? Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> All right, uh, Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe. This is a match that I am most excited about just because Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe. I don't think Sami wins this just because Sami can't win this. Yeah, he's not. Set up to be that type of guy right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that it's weird that Samoa Joe is going after the NXT favorites right now. It's weird in a good way, I guess, because well, as he Seth Rollins, so you have yes. Cesaro who he dealt with on Raw, and then you have Sami Zayn who he's in, he's in a feud with. Um, but where does Samoa Joe go for WrestleMania? Like, do we see Samoa Joe in a prominent spot at Mania? Is it even um, possible? Armor? Samoa Joe wins armbar. It's not out of the question. Armbar, right. Armbar. No, no, no. Depends. At this point, it doesn't really matter. I don't think he needs to win armbar. Because he's already Triple H's lackey. Why does he need that? Yeah. Well, in my, my head, I guess the most optimistic endgame is Finn Balor, I guess. Finn actually, versus actually, Joe that, me, would, yeah. that would make sense. Because the only other NXT champions that he has yet to destroy... Are Neville, Neville, Bo Dallas, and Biggie, mm, that's and Balor, right. and Balor, right, and Owens. Ah, so dami, marami pa kami. Din, dami din pala, no? Yeah. So shut up, comes. Right. Uh, prediction time. So uh, Sammy and Joe. That uh, are we all going Joe here? Yep. Yeah, I say Joe. Right. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. I think Sasha gets her win back here, just as so she can be in Bailey's side when. The thing when whatever goes down in that match goes down, I would actually say the opposite. Like Naya has been such a non-factor, and they only trot her out when they need Charlotte to say, "Oh, my tag team partner is this woman." And I hate it when they do that on Raw. I say, when you take a look at it, all of the women are out there except Naya Jackson, Alicia Fox. <laughs> it's not like Alicia Fox would be that <laughs> intimidating really unless, uh, unless, Fox. unless, you know, unless someone gets called up, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's like Asuka or Liv Morgan or whatever. But like when she says, my partner is this woman. Eh, puta, sino pa ba? And then the announcers go, oh my god, it's Nia Jax. I'm like, puta, sino pa nga ba? It, it's really Asuka, annoying. I don't know. Emma? <laughs> Emmalina? Emmalina. I mean, is, is Sasha really <laughs> supposed to be scared of Emma no matter what her gimmick is? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Really? Yes. yes. No, okay. yes, no, legitimately. No, I, I say this without bias. Emma's pretty good. Emma is pretty good. Alright, so going back, Sasha. Emma's better than Naya. all of the women on the championship scene right now, except for Bailey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, okay, so Sasha versus Naya. Uh, I'm going with Naya Jax here. 
How many? How much? Uh, what, like, pang ilang Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks matches in a row? Second, like, second or third? Yeah, is second. Really? I have stopped counting. Yeah. This is, this is this is the only second time they've actually fought, but this is not the second time that they've she's been laid out. Lance, by. don't bother fact checking this. I really, just really don't care. It's a rhetorical yeah. question. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Raw Women's Championship. The Charlotte get another win at a pay per view. Yes. yes. Because what else is there going. to do, right? Thanks, Raw, for really messing with Bailey. All right. Uh, Lesai. Raw Tag Team Championships. Gallows and Anderson versus Enzo and Big Cass. I, I, I need the club to retain here so that they can have teeth as heels. Yeah, yes. I think they will. I think uh, the, the European... I said about Big Show and... Uh, Enzo and Cass. Enzo and Cass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not the time for Enzo and Cass yet. Actually, they're as characters right now. I'm Why? so I'm so tired of Enzo and Cass. Yes, I am actually tired of them too. This is the, this is the magic of Raw, everyone. Uh, the people we love down at NXT have been destroyed. Have been destroyed, and people hate them. People hate Bailey, and that was people Bayley. hate Enzo and Cass. No, to be fair, the way Enzo and Cass were written, because they are scumbags. Yes. Enzo did try to hit on a married woman. And yes, tried to, tried and to we, fuck we've her. discussed this, we've and people discussed hate this. Bailey. That's yeah, I never knew it was possible for people to hate Bailey. But people hate Bailey. Who gets Bailey hate though? Like, what, what is the internet sentiment uh, that made them hate Bailey? Uh, it's a terrible baby face. She's a terrible baby face at this point. Because? Because of raw booking. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, uh, it, within the context of booking, like, what did she do? Okay. Uh, how did she act? She didn't give up the women's championship after saying that she didn't want to win it, uh, you know, like having it handed to her, which is what happened in the championship match because, you know, Sasha Banks and everyone interfered. But hindi ba equalizer si Sasha Banks? I mean, Dana interfered in Charlotte's behalf, so by having still, Sasha there, still. still, it wasn't an underneath win. It wasn't. It wasn't an underdog type. No, it was an underdog type win, but it wasn't from underneath. They say yeah. someone helped her out, so people wanted her to win it cleanly. Basically, that's what you're saying. Uh, in an ideal Among world, other things, yes. In an ideal world, yes. Man, magic of Raw is real. <laughs> shit. It's real shitty shit. Eventually, we'll all hate Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn. Eventually. No. Eventually. No, the magic of Raw. People it's... have turned on Cesaro already. Yes, yes. They, they have. have? Yes. yes. Why? They have. Because he's not doing anything relevant. He's just being Swiss. Yeah. What? Yes. yes. So why hate Cesaro? He's, uh, not he's an us. object of hatred. Why? Transference, my friend. Transference. <laughs> Uh, cruiserweight championship Neville versus gentleman Jack Gallagher uh, no way Jack wins sorry yeah I, I think Neville still retains um, and Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman I think this low key can also be a really fun match yeah I hope Braun destroys I think Braun Strowman win. I hope Braun doesn't win Braun wins no way I know. I, I, yes Reigns is, I know, is on a roll right now but, but Braun! Braun. <laughs> you know, MDJ, I, I know you love your horses. Who do you think uh, gets the win here? Braun Strowman has just snuck up on me. I love the guy. You know, I'm, I'm betting yes. on him for this one. I'm, uh, How can he sneak up on you? Yeah, he's like, like seven he's feet tall. Royal Rumble. Dude, when, when he first came... Okay, I see what you did Royal there. Royal Rumble, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I'm taking him seriously. Okay, go. Yeah. Even, even if you've seen his Tinder profile. <laughs> That's part of the charm. Uh, the monster who loves steak and chicks. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I guess our unanimous pick is Braun! Braun! It's so much fun to say. Yeah, as fun as Alicia Fox. 
Right, this finally, is the second time out of context. Your, your main event for the Universal title, God. Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. I think the question for this match is squash, how long does squash. Kevin Owens last? This is the squash, Under, not squash question. I think, I think he lasts like over a minute because he's busy trying to run away. Five minutes? Oh, no, over a minute. Then, no, then, no, the entire match. The entire match. Yeah, over a minute. I don't yeah. know. So we're Do getting it? a traditional Goldberg squash. Maybe. God, please, no. How much will we shit on this when it happens? Infinite shit. No, no, I don't know yet. It depends on how it's gonna happen. Infinite Do you guys shits. think Chris Jericho is gonna play any role in this? Okay, hope I would not. say yes. I don't want it. I say yes just because it brings the Eddie Guerrero No Way Out win back full circle. Or sort of full circle. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That's nice storytelling. No, but that's too good for Roy. Yeah, I don't think the it's people on Raw will think Ro, that far ahead. Or they won't think that back. Parang, oh, Goldberg did this for Eddie. Hey, let's have Chris do it for Bill. Because how many weeks has it been since the Festival of Friendship? Uh, three. three. Three weeks now, right? Yep. Three painful weeks. Mm. And even that week was slightly painful. Clearly, you've had your head smashed through candy glass before. Mm. <laughs> yep. Unless otherwise, shut up, Camus. So, um, yeah... I, I think Goldberg makes an uh, Goldberg to Chris Jericho makes an appearance here. Okay. So yeah. to help to help Goldberg get the win. Yeah, and that starts the Owens Jericho uh, U.S. title feed for Mania. Mm. Okay. Right. I can live with that. Uh, that brings us to the end of Fast Lane predictions. If you have any thoughts on uh, our predictions, you think and you're correct or uh, not correct, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the SGP Podcast. Uh, individually, it's at Caveman Camus, at Rose War, at underscore Stancy, and at MDJ Superstar if you want to tweet MDJ. Um, before we wrap up the podcast, we're going to be asking for picks of the week. Uh, MDJ as the guest. Yeah, of course. MDJ as the guest. What is your pick of the week? God, uh, Randy Orton. Wow, really not the big match that happened last Sunday? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on! It's the global, the global wrestling scene we're talking about here. Right now, Camus would always pick a PWR match. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's your stick. No, yeah. no, no! I really, I really do pick it because you know I'm right there, right there, front and he's, center. He's the one taking bumps. I'm, I'm the one who gets inadvertently I, I stay in the back. The guys. I stay in the back, and he's the one taking bumps. Because veteran bootcamper Romeo Moran is the one organizing the sound and additional things in the backstage area. Yeah. When are you getting called up? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I but he told me my main with that grad show. Hoping to be on that one. Please stop. Carlos, what's your pick of the week? Path of Gold match. Okay. Path of Gold match, just because it was fun. Um, I think this is the most reckless everyone on the roster has been. Oh yeah, no, I think everyone has been reckless. They just wanted uh, an a outlet. venue for it. Yes, yes, exactly. And we got Path of Gold. For and it. we got Path of Gold for that. Thank but you. It was, thank you, everyone on the roster, for putting on this barn burner of a shitstorm match. It was wonderful. And a special shout out to Chino Ginto for taking it backstage and actually having the wherewithal to call the social media crew to film it. Good job, Chino. By the way, that wasn't part of your playlist. The That's most shared video from Sunday. Because the most shared video deserves a standalone piece all of its own. Fine. Is it getting one? It is. He it just is. said it. No, no, no. When is it getting one? Oh, this week. This week. Okay. Right, so now, now you guys know uh, you have a name and, and, and a voice for you know the PWR pieces that uh, come you out regularly on Smart Candy. Yeah, direct all your, all your feelings toward him. Yeah. Uh, Ro, your pick of the week. 
Huh, my pick of the week. Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, I'd say so again. Let's go with Lindsay Dorado versus No Dar from 205 Live. All right. Uh, mine would be two out of three falls. Becky Lynch versus Mickey James from SmackDown. Not bad choice. Yeah, it was. It was pretty fun. Um, if if you have, if you just want to watch two hours of wrestling, please just watch SmackDown. Uh, quick update. You from want Fox, three hours of wrestling? Watch 205 Live. Yes. <laughs> Watch SmackDown and 205 Live. Uh, so, quick update from Fox. Uh, we've been told that Fastlane will not air live on Fox. So, your best bet to catch Fastlane is the WWE Network and whatever illegal streams you frequent. <laughs> yeah, but that said, uh, I will be reviewing Fastlane and Raw and SmackDown uh, at, um, you know, for the next few weeks moving forward on Fox Sports PH. Uh, debut piece dropped today on, on Raw and how the go-home show was basically a failure again. And I'll be writing something about SmackDown and how everyone got shooked. And I'll be previewing Fastlane over there as well. So that's something that I'm really excited about. Tweet Stan and ask him how much he's getting for all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. Um, after this week, uh, I'll be going to the U.S. So Rowan Camps will be holding down the fort while I'm away. Two weeks? Two weeks, bro? Yeah, for two weeks. Hanap tayong guest. Who wants to be guest? Tweet us. Tweet us. I have a suggestion. Oh. Hashtag Anthony for podcast. That was, that was for you. Yes. You I know, thought we were gonna. I thought we weren't gonna be able to sneak that in. But there you go. I'm not sure if I told you guys, but uh, PWG's March show is on March 18th, and my flight back to Manila is March 17th, which really sucks because I, I really want to catch PWG. As if you would have been able to get tickets. Man. Oh, I would have been able to get tickets because I already have somebody who would have got me tickets. Well, Ooh, you. Yeah. How about tickets to PWG? Huh? Magana? Yeah. Oh, 50. Yeah, it's not that expensive. But it's, 50, it's hard to get. It's 50 bucks. It's hard, it's to, hard get. to get. It's hard to get. Yeah. Unless it's like Sofia Vergara. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know... No, but the, the trade-off is because I will miss PWG, it means I will be home in time for Maine. Well, thankfully. Yes. So I can run the show like I'm supposed to. Yes. Right, uh, and a new episode of The Wrestling God, uh, the Wrestling God uh, yes, comes yes. out Next on week. March 10, by the way. Uh, that's a Friday, 10.45 p.m., and then it'll get replays the following week before and after Raw and SmackDown Live on Fox Sports. So there. Um, any other announcements we have to get to? I don't want to add my... Good? My edict. All right. So on behalf of Raf Camus and Romaran, thank you, MDJ, for finally making time for us on the podcast. Finally. It's easier when it's in, when it's in Balay Camus. Finally. Exactly. And we'll make sure that's not going to be another three years until we have you back on. Definitely. Well, you uh, just keep. You just gotta keep coming to shows. He's <laughs> nodding his head so yeah. non-committal. <laughs> hey, you're perfect at that. And I got 100 percent all year. Yo, you guys, I'm shooting two for two this year. Two for two. Yeah, yeah. yeah two exactly. for only been two shows, MDJ. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. That's free throws. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Chris Bosch missed seven of them in a finals game. That's true. Also, <laughs> thank you for attempting to defend me, but yet failing completely. Staple and signature comes. Yeah. So with that, on behalf of MDJ, Camus, and Ro, this is Stan, and we are out of here. Peace. Good night. Glorious. No, I won't give it up.